they were doing the right thing, the people were in agreement, and on that first attempt, all the people were there, and most of us know what happens with uh, Urza. He touches the ark because the the beast that they chose to use, not not following God's commands, stumbled, and the ark began to fall. And and Uzzah went reached out his hand to brace it and keep it from falling, and he was killed. He 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 died. That was God's command that anyone was touching it would die. It, it wasn't anything just particular to him, but that act of disobedience caused him to lose his life. And I don't know if you realize this, but his name actually means strength. And so I think within the story of letting us know that sometimes we can be doing the right thing, but we're kind of doing it in our own strength, and we do the wrong thing. But what was interesting is that it angered David. Um, and so they in now I'm going to 2 Samuel 6, and it says, in starting at verse 10, David leaves the, this is when, when David leaves the ark with Obed-Edom. So, 2 Samuel 6, starting at verse 10, it says, So David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David, but David took it aside to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. And the Ark of the Covenant remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Now it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the Ark of God. So it wasn't anything wrong with the Ark of God. The presence of God was still there. And it left his man three months' time because the presence of the Lord was there. Obed-Edom and his entire household was there. So next, David goes and with wisdom seeks to find out how we should move the ark back to Jerusalem. And, th and this is really the, the point why I want you to see kind of the whole story, just a refresher, because most of us are familiar with the story. But at this time, what he realizes how the ark was supposed to be brought back. David with all that was in him was willing to give thanks and bless the Lord. In 2 Samuel 6 at verse 12 it says, So David went down and brought the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps. Steps. They sacrificed a bull and a fat, fattened calf. So what this means, it was a six-mile journey, and this meant that every six steps, David made sure they had a, a bull and a fatted calf to sacrifice. And if you know anything about how in the Old Testament they were instructed to sacrifice unto the Lord, it was a very bloody thing. It took time. So for six miles, just imagine, the scripture's telling us that we should give thanks and bless the Lord. And we take our six steps. One, two, three, four, five, six, 
mistakes and we stop. And we give thanks and bless the Lord by sacrificing animals. This is Old Testament. This is what they were expected to do. Not necessarily with sparing the ark, but David went to those extremes because he sought the Lord and knew that it was the right thing. Now, how many times do we give up if the right if the first time didn't work out? But David went back and he says, the people are in agreement. This is what we want to do. We saw what things were like under Saul, and he didn't care about the ark, but we want the presence of God in the midst of us. So think about your life. Is thanksgiving and blessing the Lord always when you come to the house of the Lord? Is it in morning devotion only? Is it in evening devotion? Or is it throughout the day? But think about that. The six miles, the six miles, every six steps. Think of the actual sacrifice. And the scriptures tell us that sometimes praise is a sacrifice. Amen. We give that sacrifice of praise. It doesn't say it's convenient. It, it, it's something we do because why? The Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. Even to our generation. Sometimes um, I'm convinced that there are believers that don't see that mercy just because of what we hear, allow ourselves to hear. We forget that God reigns on the just and to his unjust. He is good. He is good to all. Jesus has already paid the price for everyone's sins. Everyone's sins. Everyone's sins. But it's on those that know the truth to share the truth so other people will accept that sacrifice that has already been given. So Old Testament, this was the extremes that David chose to go through to get that ark, the, the presence of God in the midst of the people. Um, in, um, I think, the um, where it's written in Chronicles, it talks about, and then when he got to the, to um, Mount Zion, he sacrificed seven, um, I think it was rams and seven sheep or something like that. But then yet again, and then he, at the end, he still sacrificed. And then the scriptures talk about he was dancing and he danced out of his clothes. And it cost his life to despise it, right? So he didn't leave off anything to show God that, okay, I, I, I was angry because we didn't get it right the first time. But I know this is the right thing to do, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it with all my might, giving you thanksgiving and giving you praise. Now, when we're disappointed in things, it, it, I mean, just to bring it home uh, in our lives, when disappointing things is the first thing we think of is giving thanks or giving praise or taking out six minutes or um, six seconds and, and thanking the Lord. Um, and, and just, you know, being reminded of this story is like we fall short, I fall short of really ha making that conscious effort daily to thank God for his goodness, for the things we see, for the things we don't see. Not just remembering to thank him while everything's going bad and bless God. Sure, thank the Lord. But at all times, to rejoice at all times, no matter what the circumstances. And one of the things that's neat about our new life and what Jesus brought for us is that he's right here with us. 
We don't have to go find where the covenant went. Nobody can come take the covenant and keep it in another um, area. It's right here with us. We can get into his word today. Amen. Amen. And it is such a privilege to know that he's right here with us all the time. And we get the opportunity to be thankful and to bless his name. Amen. The next example is New Testament, and it's in Luke 7. And um, again, I believe most of us are familiar with this scripture. I'm going to start at um, Luke 7, starting at verse 37. It says, And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at the feet behind him weeping, and began to wash his feet with her tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed him with the ointment. Now when the Pharisees which had bidden him, the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And I thought that was interesting because he said it within himself, but Jesus knew what he said and what he thought, and Jesus responded to it. And do you know that um, that sacrifice that Jesus knew he would make, it is for the sinner. It was for the sinner. It was so that every sinner could become a new creation. And what's our praise like? What's our praise like? Do we really, at the end of the day, just with me, at the end of the day, do you feel like you really honored God with what you did on that day? With thanksgiving and blessing him, being that example for him? All of us, I believe, at times we're good at it. And there's other times not so much. Amen? Anybody willing to admit that? And, and and I'm grateful because all we have to do is go to our Father and say, please forgive me because you are good. And each day I know your mercies endure. It's your mercies protect me. Your, your mercies keep me. You give me wisdom. When, when I can't even see around that corner, you let me know I don't go out yet. He is protecting us at all times. It is endless. Um, I, I think we could... You know, just as counting the stars, we could think of things that God is, God has done, God promised he will do, that we can thank him and give him praise for, that we can bless his name because he is a good God and his mercy endures to all generations. Even giving that thanks for our loved ones that haven't accepted Jesus yet, we should be praying and thanking him that they're saved. We can do it in advance because we should see it done because he is ours. And the promise that he's given us that salvation is not just to us, but to our entire household. We do have so much to give thanks um, for. Just as we celebrated 40 years, the next day we, we, we got to keep going. The day after that, we have to keep going. This, this is not the time to slow up, but it's the time to press in because there is such a need all around us of people not only hearing of the goodness of God through our lips but being able to see it in our lives amen I don't know about you but it doesn't take much to cause me to want to praise God and thank God 
and we're in the house of God, it only takes one person to start. And because we are one in Christ, if you are in Christ, then you likewise want to give that thanks and want to give that praise. Not a thing of condemnation of how we live our lives, but just a reminder that God is good. And he is so worthy of our praise and our adoration. And we can't give it enough. We can't give it enough. And we don't want to be caught with our own strength trying to do what we do. But we want him to recognize that we are appreciative, that we recognize it's not by our power, it's not by our might, but it's by the spirit of God. He has given his, us his spirit to teach us, to guide us, to be a comforter, to bring to our remembrance the things that, oh, yeah, that's right. This is what I should be doing. This is how I should act. Again. He, God told us in his word that we can ask for wisdom and he'd give it to us liberally. There's so many advantages that we have to walk this life. Van advantages that aren't seen. And yet sometimes we don't take advantage of them because we don't recognize we have them. And part of that is because as we read our scriptures, we're not taking time to say, you know, I thank you that you say I have redemption. I thank you that you say I have eternal life. I thank you that you've promised that you have a mansion for me in heaven. As we read the scriptures, as we hear the word, showing and acknowledging, taking that time, the more we take time to acknowledge what God has done for us, the real it more real it comes to becomes to us and the more we can walk in it. And people can see that. There really is a light. I mean we sing you know that song, this little light of mine, there really is a light inside you. And and it's something that in the natural we don't necessarily see, but other people are drawn to that. They're drawn to that. And the more we recognize it's not a waste that we need prayer. And that's what thanksgiving and praise will do for each of us. It causes us to stop and recognize this is not my life. This is a life that was given to me and bought by Jesus' blood, his sacrifice. All that he had did, he endured a cross. The scriptures say because of his grace, although he was rich, he became poor, which means he came to earth, meaning literally bottomless was rich and he became poor so that we through his poverty could be rich and as a body of Christ sometimes we don't recognize what we really are walking around with but I'm just encouraging you to be thankful and bless his name because he is good his mercy endures forever and his truth endures to all generations amen and that includes each of us there's work to be done, but within ourselves, just like Job, take out some time and say, God, I thank you. God, I bless your name. I praise you. Hallelujah. Just take that time and give him thanks because he truly is a good God. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. And then in Proverbs it says, the gifts of God, he doesn't add sorrow to us. Every good gift that he would give, he won't give me a gift of sorrow. And so many people feel like God gave them a gift and then a bunch of sorrow. That's not saying that, that's not contrary to the verse that we will have tribulation. But when he gives us a gift, he didn't add sorrow to it. He gives us a gift for our good that we could give him glory. What do you think we're going to be doing in heaven? We are going to be praising and glorifying God. So we can start practicing that. 
we can start practicing now. And just imagine we still have that great cloud of witnesses that are there in heaven already that are cheering us on. It's not each of us individually affects collectively. So I could be off somewhere else and pray and start praising the Lord. But we are actually a body of believers, and that praise yet can hold up one another as we just think of each other during the day, that we recognize we're walking this out together, and we are iron sharpens iron, and we want to be more united in what God has uh, for the body. Amen? Let's say, God, be, oh, God, pour out. 